Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode i am your host evan goldstein with me as always is the wonderful karen randazzo i'm not here to answer cat questions and the amazing chris randazzo i'm actually hoping for death we here on this week's episode talk television this week karen well what was it four weeks ago (laughs) three weeks ago (laughs) i don't know i was a much much younger woman with a better memory back then uh she chose disenchantment season one episode one a princess an elf and a demon walk into a bar but before we get into that here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at let us know what we're doing right let us know what we're doing wrong just just say hello because we love to hear from you we do pay attention we really really do so, Karen. Yes. You it, was this one of those I want to watch this show, so I'm going to make everybody else watch the show. Uh, yes and no. We okay. had uh, started this show by the time I picked it, but we'd oh, only seen okay. maybe one or two or three. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know if you and I had a conversation because we've seen each other since you've picked this episode. Which is rare for our listening audience who doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) It is. We actually were at a a, a convention all weekend. Um, But I I know I did discuss this with you, Chris, that this didn't grab me in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And then you said something to the effect of, by episode three, dot, 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 dot. Well, so the way it planned, played out for us was like, we thought episode one was pretty great. And we're like, yeah, I'd, I'll stick with that. That was pretty nice. And then episode two, we, I, I'm pretty sure neither Karen or I even cracked a smile. Uh, and then episode three was like, all right, cool. I, I don't know if I had like, like the bar was set really high for me or something because I'm a huge, I love Futurama. And like, you can see the future rummeriness of it like the the sense of humor that's in there i mean it is it's matt groaning is that how you say it graining graining no it's gro i'm 90 percent sure it's pronounced graining okay so i'm gonna I'm look that Chris, up while you guys that talk OE combination ends up going <laughs> okay weird so matt um <laughs> created this as well and i I don't know. I don't know if it was the setting or... It, maybe it is it indeed was... pronounced graining. Okay. All right. I get it. I'm bad at last names. I get it. It just... it. I, I, I've officially watched this episode three times. And the first time I was half watching it and, you know, with the... With the, the knowing that I'm going to watch it again right before we record. And then I watched it again today. And I gave a couple of huh and that was i never like laughed out loud see i felt like the first time i watched the first episode that this episode I, I laughed out loud a lot but then when we rewatched it yeah 
I, I, nothing was hitting me the same. And I don't know if it was just that it lost its rewatch value or that, I don't know, I was an easy mark the first time through. Maybe I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) What was, what was appealing? I I don't want to, it's not bad. I, I don't want to give anybody that interpretation, like that idea that it is a bad show. It isn't. It's just, I expected more maybe. Um, what, what points of this were like, or were funny for you? Like, I, and I, it's, I'm having a hard time recalling specifics because, like I said, the second time I watched it, it didn't, like, I wasn't laughing out loud. But I think it was just, I don't know. Maybe it's that um, I feel like there's maybe kind of a drought right now of uh, good adult animated comedy. Mm-hmm. Not that there's none, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, there's, like, you know, Bojack Horseman and everything. But even with that, that is like funny but depressing as shit this <laughs> is dark, just a straight up comedy mm-hmm. um plus and you know the 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 best of that stuff is on uh, you know bojack just just came back like uh, like a couple days ago and uh rick and morty has been on on hold yeah um, so venture I feel brothers like, is back but and you don't want really watch venture brothers so i feel like it's it might have been somewhat that it was just like i kind of f- forgot that the the kind of humor that is exists in this show like it just hit me out of left field it was like oh yeah that that kind of thing is funny like people you know people do this kind of wacky absurd i i don't know exactly to express it or maybe i'm just not as um not that i'm not a graining fan Mm -hmm. but i mean i was a fan of the simpsons and it's heyday Mm -hmm. back you know 100 years ago when it was really good (laughs) i was never (laughs) like i appreciate futurama but i was never like oh my god futurama is the best show in the world like i've just never been like a a matt graining super fan Mm -hmm. so uh, this was good this was good enough for me i don't know that's i think the best i can say and as i'm as i'm watching this episode like i could feel the the character types like the king is is Bender, like that's it's also voiced by John DiMaggio. <laughs> and I, and I'm not, I'm even taking like the voice out of it because I was about to say that it's just the the personality type, the mm-hmm. angry yet blurty. <laughs> but the but there's kind of a problem there like, I, to to piggyback on what you're saying mm-hmm. about the fact that there's a lot of um, Futurana analogs here. Mm-hmm. None of them are as. Uh, charming as the futurama characters like i I agree elfo occasionally has some funny dialogue or whatever but a lot of his cracks fall flat and he seems to be getting better throughout the course of the series Mm -hmm. like we just watched another episode here is uh he's kind of losing more inhibitions as the series goes along which is kind of interesting to watch but like you know that little demon thing is also part bender Mm -hmm. there's absolutely that that character's part bender but the you know the king in particular is not as likable as Bender. Like Bender was awful. That was the kind of the point of him. But he was extremely likable and extremely watchable. And the Oddly king charming for a robot. <laughs> exactly. The king not so much. Um, there's been occasional glimpses of him being a quasi likable character. But the king has been one of my my uh, sticking points with it. Where every time the king's on, I'm like, this is such a waste of John DiMaggio's talents. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the 
I enjoy watching the main character. I don't remember anyone's names in this show. Um, the 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 princess character. Mm. I I enjoy watching her. Like I liked the joke with the guy that fell on the 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 throne and was like had a sword through his head and was not actually dead for the whole episode. And kept going back to him and it, there was there was there was funny stuff there and there's there's entertaining lore here and. I mean, we just watched an episode, like I said, we just watched an episode and it called back to something that happened in a couple episodes prior, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat to see that kind of overarching storyline happening in uh, a Matt Groening type of narrative. Mm-hmm. But really, it comes down to this problem of um, for all of the good ideas that the characters have, uh, I don't feel like any of them are really living up to their potential, which is kind of the reason I'm hoping this really... Get, I assume it will, but I'm really hoping it gets a season two because... I feel like there's a lot of good groundwork here um, with uh, some better writing could really, uh, uh, you know, transcend because there's stuff here. You know, there's really something here. As as I'm sitting back and thinking about it, like at the the beginning of the episode where they're in like that elf candy land, Mm -hmm. that was the point in time where I found the most chuckles. And I think it was just because of the jokes per minute. Like, and they were real small and real quick. Um, like, Angie and I were sitting there watching it today, and, like, he is leaving, and that uh, elf ruler says something, and in the background you hear, what? And I turn to her, and I go, well, she wasn't there at the very beginning. I go, oh, that's Shaco. Like, that, that it, I, I, the rest of the episode was like a paced sitcom, but at the very beginning, it was like boom, boom, boom. You know, the <laughs> creepo doesn't take his pants off for, en- for for nothing. Like those those jokes came really fast, and when like the story had room to breathe, it just it just felt like they they may have been as quality as good a quality a joke, but there wasn't just enough of it, so they weren't hitting as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characters themselves have. Like, we're getting, even in the first episode, I have not watched anything past the first episode. Like, you get bits of backstory. Like, that demon character has something to do with those two weirdos that are watching the fire TV. Um, the, the, the elf, we get his whole backstory. Her, like, the bean, the, the, the princess, we get, like, within the first 15 minutes of the show... We know what her deal is. Like, she's unhappy as being a princess. Like, that's it. The backstories have been set. And, like, as they're progressing with the story, it's not, for me, it's just not fast enough. Because it's just not hitting right for me. Because Futurama was fast. Futurama was, like, jokes per minute was high. And most of the Simpsons stuff was also in the same vein, like, get as much stupid out so that people will laugh <laughs> as, you know, often as possible. Granted, a lot of times those jokes don't hit, but still, they're there. Um, I don't feel like this is, and it might be a case of, you know, writing, like, growing into a show. This is a brand new world that they're trying to separate from Futurama and The Simpsons, no matter how close the voices are. And it's t- it's I-, I can only imagine how difficult that is because The Simpsons have been on forever. Futurama ran for a long time and now has a fan base, like, like, like a super 
rabbit fan base and they have to come up with something new not just change the environment because right now that's what uh, i feel exactly. like that it's just in this first episode all they have done is changed the environment and are still using the same stuff and it's just not working for me uh one of the things that I do like about it is how it flips the conventions of this genre, like the princess, um, I don't know, not fairy tale, but kind of medieval mm-hmm. kind of story. Um, and even the uh, the magical land of the elves, where he, when he goes to leave and everyone's like, but no one's allowed to leave. Don't really know why we have that lever that opens the door there. <laughs> like, he, did the, you see his little name badge? It said supervisor, supervisor yeah. O. <laughs> <laughs> and, like it's just all kind of things like that. Where normally there are, there are things in a story of this type of genre that would just exist, and people they don't make sense, but people just write them off because it's just how this kind of story goes. This story, this show makes a lot of jokes out of that kind of thing and it, it it's it's well done it's mm-hmm. it's like the art is very well done there's a, a good blend of of you know that computer animation for scenery and and whatnot it's just mm-hmm. I, I just i don't know it's just missing something for me and i don't know specifically what i will say i do feel like it is uneven like the first episode we loved like chris said the second one was not nearly as funny the third one was pretty good I was talking to somebody about it at the convention this weekend, and uh, they said that they thought, uh, I think, episode three was really funny or where it got them. And uh, I think that was Jordan. Hi, Jordan, Hi, if Jordan. you're listening. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't remember exactly what episode it was that he was talking about just by the episode number, but I was like, to my memory of watching this show, the odd numbered, like every other one was really funny. So, and one was funny. So, three, I, I must think three was funny too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the unfortunate part is, is that for me, when I watch a show, if it, if it doesn't get me right away, there's mm-hmm. too much out there that I'm trying to catch oh, up yeah. on that I can't give a show three episodes to, to hook me in. Yeah, like, it's tough on slow burners out there. It is. I mean, there is a lot of quality. Well, here. There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm not going to say it's quality because <laughs> some of it isn't. Most of it isn't. But there's a lot out there. And donating an hour and a half. If I feel like this episode was a little bit longer than a half that hour. That one, yeah. The first one was a little long. It is a, it, it's a Netflix show. So they're right. This, yeah, no commercials. Yeah, no commercials. And everything's available. So, like, had it grabbed me, that's not a huge investment of time. But for me to wait and, and force myself to be grabbed, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> the other thing that I think has drawn me in is, the, is that this show seems to be a little bit more plot heavy than some of the other graining shows, like Chris was saying with the overarching story. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going somewhere. We, um, I think we're up to episode seven or eight mm-hmm. out of ten, and things have come back. Like there's each each episode is its own little thing, but there are connective threads that like something is happening, and I feel like we're gonna get to the end of the season, and it's gonna be like, oh shit. I mean, all right, I don't want to like there are certain things in this in this episode that were for me funny. Like I don't want to be all negative. Like when. 
the other royal family showed up. Uh-huh. And that, that really quick passing scene of the king getting out and opening up his cape and he was wearing like platform shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was That was funny. funny when they made the quick joke about them being brother and sister. That was fast, funny. Every time Elfo falls or gets flung into something, he is motionless. Like, he, he doesn't really flail. Like, it's because it's completely new to him. Like, that's funny to me. Like, with the whole war scene with the trolls, I guess? The gnomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the my God. When he got troll. flipped up in the air and then landed dagger first <laughs> in, the, in the eye of the ogre that already had a dagger in its other eye, uh, that killed me. Like, that was that was. And it was good. just the way he floated like yeah. it was he like, was he wasn't you saw sure. it coming and then it was just watching him land <laughs> oh i'm really glad you can't see this like those right. <laughs> boom 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 that's funny stuff it's the whole opening scene with the the, the princess ah, that was nothing that was like boring to me like i don't I, I kept hearing simpsons noises of oofs and and pain and <laughs> this is I don't know what I'm watching here. I, am I, is this supposed to be funny? I, I'm, it's definitely got some got some growing pains, so. but I I feel that there is something there. So I and uh, he, I'm glad we've been sticking with it too because I've been entertained more often than not. I think mm-hmm. it's also a nice half hour comedy, which is something that we're always. Are in, you out of, out of curiosity? Are you guys sitting and watching it like purposefully, or is it one of those background? things that you have on whilst doing something else i mean i'm almost always stitching while i'm watching tv um <laughs> but at the same time we don't really have shows that we put on and only have pay attention to okay yeah it's something that's very rarely happens like so if we have other things to do sometimes it'll be like a you know put on ninja warrior but okay. uh, this is uh, it's this is like, well, we don't have time for an hour show, but we'd like to sit and watch something. Well, let's watch one of these. Gotcha. And sometimes I'll like flip on my phone or something like that from time to time when the scene is, you know, not capturing my attention and I'm able to just kind of listen to it. But for the most part, we are doing it to pay attention. Okay. As uh, over the weekend, Chris, you had made a comment to me about a unicorn scene. Yeah, well, I don't remember if it was unicorn or what was the animal that was uh, like a racist or offensive uh, okay. something or other. It was the deer. Was the deer? That was a beware of a offensive deer or something. <laughs> and, and, that was and funny. He, there are a lot of good little visual gags and signs and things in this show that yes, I really there are, like. There's a lot of stuff in the background, but like, if you're not fully engaged in the show, you miss that stuff. Uh huh. So. And I don't want to sit here and be like, uh, "You guys are crazy." This show is amazing. It's great. It's hilarious. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Which I don't think I'm coming across as saying, but. Um, yeah, I, it definitely has problems. Um, but it, and and it, I can de- I would not argue with anyone who said they didn't like it. Wow! Because I I we so, went out and uh, asked for Facebook feedback on the show, and this one seemed to hit. Um, we got a lot of reactions on our Facebook page mm-hmm. about this show, and most of it was. Uh, I couldn't really get into it or I watched the first one and I didn't really like it or, you know, just a lot of people kind of feeling the same as you did, Evan. So I I definitely didn't bring this to the show as like, this is my favorite show ever. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't like it, you're crazy. Right. No, no. It's it's a solid meh. Like, it's not bad and it's not great. It's like right there in the middle. Like, I don't it's 
I don't have any feelings about it in either direction, which is weird because usually there's something that will kick it a little bit further, like a math plus or math minus. It's this is just I'm feeling a math plus about this actually because I, you know, the more I, more we watch it, the more I am glad we watch it. So okay. But for you, solid math. Solid math. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's wrap this this up. We'll uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll uh, we'll go over our news. Stay tuned. For the past two years, Geek Aid has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance to bring you the pain in the assathon, where gamers from Geek Aid go head to head with some of the most weird and difficult games that they can find to raise awareness and money for this disease. The Colorectal Cancer Alliance was founded in 1999 by 41 survivors, caregivers, and friends, and is now the nation's leading non-for-profit dedicated to colorectal cancer. They are united in a fierce determination to dramatically impact the way society sees this disease. They exist to end colorectal cancer in our lifetime. While Geekade has always wanted to be involved in charity work, it was difficult to find one thing to rally behind, until our editor-in-chief Chris Randazzo brought forward his wife's story. It all began with Karen's dad, John Bump Pobicki. He passed away from colon cancer at the age of 46, when Karen was just 17 years old. In the years that followed, she honored his memory every year by participating in an annual charity fundraiser. One year, she was no longer able to participate due to time, distance, and family circumstances. And that's where Chris came in. Seeing how upset his wife was and not being able to keep up the tradition, he tried to think of ways to help, and thus, the pain in the assathon was born. Geekade assembled their finest gamers and partnered with the Colon Cancer Alliance for the first time in 2016. It was a fitting tribute to John. His old Pong machine now has a special place in Chris's collection, as does his master system, Karen's very first console. In the Pain in the Assathon's first year, Geekade's gamers streamed 10 Pain in the Ass games and raised $2,300. The next year, they smashed their goals by raising $2,800 for the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, by facing off against such titles as Contra, Bubsy, Lion King, and Comic Zone. Colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer in the United States and the second leading cause of cancer death. It affects men and women of all racial and ethnic groups and is most often found in people 50 years or older. However, incidence in those younger than 50 is on the rise. This disease takes the lives of more than 50,000 people every year. We're here to educate people on how to prevent this disease and lower that statistic. We hope you enjoy the pain in the assathon this year. If you can spare anything, please show your support for this great cause by donating or buying some of our apparel. You can donate by heading over to pitathon.com. That's P-I-T-A-T-H-O-N.com. If you'd like to get more information on colorectal cancer or the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, please visit www.ccalliance.org. And we're back. Thank you so much for paying attention to our commercials. Let's talk some news. Uh, first up, this is a this is a news article that we probably posted on our Twitter feed from last week, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on uh, on the teaser from the Shira Princess of Power from DreamWorks and, and whatnot. I'm I'm curious as to how you guys felt about it because when I watched it, I f- like I was impressed. Like I was I watched Shira back in the day, and this feels completely new and better to me the go ahead the curiosity is i don't know what you guys ha- like in history wise like how how you like 
what your history is with this show. So I'm curious as to how you, what you saw and how you reacted to it. Well, let me put it this way. When I was six, I dressed up as She-Ra. Okay, so you have a history. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sword, a plastic sword with uh, that had water with gold glitter in it inside. And <laughs> you it had was a glitter sword. Ama- <laughs> I really, like, I love that thing. Like, I'm not a toy collector, but if I could find one of those things, man, I might just spend some cash on it. But, yeah, I, I, was, I was big into She-Ra when I was a kid, and... Uh, I dug this. I thought it was cool. I think it's great that it's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. They're apparently I didn't even notice princesses. that until I, I read that title in the article. I it's I see what they're doing there. Yeah, and it seems like a, you know, like you know, positive girl friendship kind of thing and I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's let's do more of that." I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The animation looked really solid. Um and the story looks more grown up than I expected. So, yeah, I guess she's a little older than I expected, if that's what you mean. Well, no, I I, I mean, I remember her as an adult mm-hmm. from the older show. And when they, they made her younger for this, I mm-hmm. thought they were going to go, like, story-wise, just for a young, way younger audience. And, mm-hmm. a court, like, be, from this teaser, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like... You know, they're taking it seriously, which is great. That's what mm-hmm. I was worried about when I saw how youthful she was. And right. I, I, it looks fantastic to me. So, Chris, any opinion? Okay. Thanks. Short. <laughs> it's like, well, all right. Yeah, I it know, doesn't show much. I know a tiny bit more than I did a day ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I want to see more of it. I thought, I thought it looked awesome to begin with. I still think it looks awesome. I just want to see more. Okay. When's it happening again? November 16th? Yeah. November 16th. Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sold. <laughs> good. I was I similarly I've been hearing some really good things about that new show from the people who created Avatar. Oh, uh that the, the, the I'm going to say how to dragon train your dragon, but it's something to something, do with dragons, isn't it? Something to do with dragons. I want to watch it cuz obviously I'm a huge fan of Avatar, but is it out you know, yet, or no? I think it is out. I think it just came out. I will have to do some research. Add it to my list of things to watch mm. on my own. Just getting ever longer. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, the trailer, the new trailer for Daredevil Season 3 came out. And after watching this, I was really depressed. <laughs> well. <laughs> like, 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 deeply depressed. <laughs> I, s- I mean, yes, but also if Matt's going to finally like just get over himself and be like, I'm going to be the daredevil and I'm going to kick ass. Hmm. Like, finally, thank God. <laughs> um, This whole trailer is just Matt in black sitting in a confessional talking about how tough shit has gotten. And it ends with he would rather die as the daredevil then live as Matt Murdock? Yes. I was like, wow. Well, wow. things are pretty shitty for Matt Murdock. Yeah, and I'm still waiting to see how he got out of the end of, uh, you know, uh, Defenders. Shit, did I, end, did I finish Defenders? He, like, he was underground with Elektra, and then, like, I think the last scene was they showed him waking up in, like, a bed at a convent or something like that. Oh, yeah. that's right. And we're yes, like, yes. okay, how did you get there, though? <laughs> and we, we haven't seen anything, so. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I still haven't watched Luke Cage. I gotta watch that. Jeezy, crazy, I'm way behind. Mm. Mortal <sighs> Iron Fist. Yeah, that's the, the new season of that. <laughs> every time I, I feel bad every time I say the phrase Iron Fist because if my significant other was here, she'd yell at me. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> I was like, no, no, seriously. In Luke Cage, it's frightening. He's likable. <laughs> no, I don't agree. You're wrong. <laughs> Anywho, uh, let's move up to the next one. There's another trailer for season four, the season four trailer for uh, Supergirl, which I, it, it's I feel like it's supposed to be uplifting and supposed to be like empowering, and I just it didn't it didn't get me. Um, I am interested to see where they go. Uh, reading the article, it says that you know a number of key characters won't be appearing mm-hmm. so that's that's interesting um we get to see her in some uh, it, it was very very short clip of her in what looks like a super suit yeah uh, that's a crazy looking suit man i mean the only time superman ever put on a super suit was to protect himself from kryptonite so Every once in a while in the well, animated series, he put one on in space, which was unnecessary. I never understood that. But oh, because he didn't know it at the time. He didn't remember. He was working at Star Labs, and he was just like, "Well, I got to get a space suit on." And I think like the first time somebody yanked his helmet on, it was something like, "Huh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh, that's a thing. Uh, um, you're not caught up on Supergirl, correct? Nope. Um, the last season. Uh, during the last season, we learned that uh, what's her face? Face or what? The, the Irish girl with the bad accent. The <laughs> Lex's Lena? sister. Okay. Lena. Yeah. Uh, she can synthesize kryptonite. So oh. it would not surprise me at all to learn that that was the reason for her. I remember when they did suit. that in Superman and Richard Pryor, he made it wrong and it made just dickhead Superman, not depowered Superman. You remember that? That was Superman, what, three? Three. <laughs> oh comic books all right so all right i don't want to well is is lena still borderline bad or has she turned over there i mean she's not bad i guess they're playing it as sort of like i don't know (laughs) well thanks for clearing that up for me thanks um (laughs) they're, they're playing it as like two sides of the argument rather than one is right and one is wrong gotcha okay well, I I still it's on my my list of what to catch up on, so I will be. I think I'm going to dedicate my time to because I am behind on all of the CW shows. So, well, they're coming back. You got about a month, yeah. sir. So I think I'm going to dedicate my time to Flash and Supergirl, then Arrow, and we'll see if there's time left for that electric dude. What's his Black, Lightning. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. I watched one of those. It was good. I enjoyed it. Just not enough time in the day. All right. Let's move on to t- TVGuide.com. Now, this is a great list, I guess. It's a list. Mm-hmm. It's TV Guide's r- ranking of 100 best shows right now. Um, mm-hmm. I I only made it like I scrolled a little bit because it gives descriptions of the sh- you know their ranking and then mm-hmm. descriptions of the show um top three were i was okay with i i, I mean i seeing number one as uh, 
a good the good place i was like wow all right yeah i watched that it's a really good show and i really really enjoy it so i agree with this list tv guide good on you then the others i haven't watched but i've heard fantastic things about so yeah there 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 are a lot of things on this list that we watch so i feel good about our viewing habits Mm -hmm. is what this uh list made me feel um and the things that we don't watch i know other people whose opinions i respect like um but i just thought it was an interesting list um yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see what what made the list. Crazy ex girlfriend is on here and not too low on the list either. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm watch like as as I'm scrolling now, it's the Crazy ex girlfriend is at number thirteen. Um, none of them stood out to me as wow that that's weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put that there. Everything is it there. I didn't realize like okay. Number 22 is Vanderpump Rules, but it's a Bravo show uh-huh. that I will never watch. No. So yeah, that one gets a big fat nope from me. I've seen trailers for that show when we were watching uh, Top Chef, and mm. no, no, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to 100% agree with any list, but um, a lot of this list is sort Ooh. of like, wow, Winona yeah, Earp. okay. Jeez, that must have been um, a turnaround. Obviously, our superhero shows are not on here at all. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I, I literally, I was. Which is fine. Why? Why is Vanderpump Rules on here? But uh, I mean, Ooh, I think Cobra you have Kai. to. I think you have to consider. <laughs> yeah, yeah Cobra Kai is on there. <laughs> I think you have to consider the Vanderpump Rules selection as like an example of its genre. Like maybe you don't like that kind of like trashy reality, um, whatever show, but. For people who do like that, from what I understand, that is one of the best that there is. Okay, and to that argument, like, Preacher is on here, Mm -hmm. which is a a comic book-based show, Mm -hmm. Jessica Jones, like, iZombie, so it's not like, oh, wait, no, Black Lightning's on here. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) I found one. (laughs) So, it's a solid list. And it's interesting to me that there are this many good shows that, like, we can put together a list of a hundred good shows that are on right now. Like, holy crap, is there a lot of TV on? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of it comes from Netflix and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's still... the other thing. There are so many things on here that are not network. Like, most of this list is not network. Mm-hmm. Oh, network TV, you're dying a slow, sad death. <laughs> Are you paying attention to network TV? Number 94, WWE Monday Night Raw. Like, is that great TV? No. But for people who like wrestling, it's probably a pretty good thing. Cloak and Daggers on here. Legion. Yeah, that one one surprised the crap out of me, but okay. (laughs) Shark Tank. All right, moving on. Uh, (laughs) From TVLine.com. The lead in picture here just. It, it makes me worried. Um, Flash teams with his XS with XS. That is, is that like supposed to be excess? I think that's her like superhero name in the future. Right. But how do you say it? I don't know. Okay. Excess probably. Nora suits up as XS. So yeah. All right. Uh, it's, it's, 
it's a gallery. Got a couple of photos from the upcoming season uh, of The Flash. And it's him running. And now there's someone running with him. It's yep. The Flash. I like her little uh, her little outfit, her little logo. I like how she's taken the the traditional lightning bolt from mm. the flashes and like hers looks more like a road that like she ran down mm-hmm. so it, it implies the the running motion a little bit better to me than the lightning bolt does not that you can like not have the lightning bolt because it's the flash and it's whatever that that franchise of comics is however many years old but uh, i like that that futuristic spin on it very good I mean, as I'm, I'm clicking through the gallery again, there's a lot. It, there's, it's I have because I'm behind. I don't like very little of this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to see that they are like there is enough there that I recognize. Like they haven't changed yeah, up the team. Yeah, you're not totally it's lost. Like, so it's seems promising to me. So. All right. I can't remember, Chris. Can you? Um, did they? I, they they tend to get rid of Harry at the end of every season, and then like bring a new version in the next season. Did 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 we lose him this season? I, I think we lost the current Harry, but I don't remember. I don't remember either. I, I guess I, as I we need a we need a previously on at the beginning of this season, please. Flash. <laughs> as I'm clicking through the gallery, I don't see him. Yeah, but it's Tom Cavanaugh. We have to have him. In some way, shape, or form. I mean, every show should have one. And apparently we have to have Chris Klein from American Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Now with 100% more Chris Klein. All right, Karen. Yes. DPWire.com. Yes. Uh, Okay. Doctor Who showrunner Chris Chinball? Chinball? Chibnall. Chibnall promises no Daleks, no Missy, no River in the new season. Only one woman per episode. <laughs> Just kidding. There's a female companion too. Okay. <laughs> How do you like? I I understand the premise that this is a new doctor, a new showrunner, new, new, new. Okay. How do you feel about him saying we're we're just gonna sort of clean slate it now and give you hopefully all new, all different, and hopefully all better. Um, and not rely on the the historical tidbits that that most Doctor Who seasons have relied on. How does that make you feel? What are you, my therapist? Yes. Um, <laughs> I think it's a very smart play because um, <laughs> I feel like they're going to have a lot of new viewers attracted in by the casting, um, and they don't want to have people ten minutes in be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm out. Like. It's great that they have a, a, a lady doctor, but I don't know what's going on, and I'm done. And nobody wants that to happen. You want to get a new audience. You want to keep it. Right. Um, so I think it's very smart. I have uh, talked to other people, other Whovians, who are afraid that it's going to be so little of the old mythology that, you know, is it still going to be Doctor Who? Yes, of course it's still going to be Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. Like, they're not going to change the Shut fundamentals. They're just going to like kind of simplify it and you know give the show a chance to breathe and have you know new people get on board and then you bring back the Daleks and then 
next season when we see the Daleks or we see Missy or we see River and people go, oh shit, I heard about these guys. They're supposed to be amazing. And oh my God, they are. But if you had brought them in in the beginning of season 11, I wouldn't have known what the shit was going on. Now, I remember when the reboot happened and you and I started watching it together. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I had never seen Doctor Who before, you worry, giant Whovian. And um, the first episode was like the plastic people. Uh-huh. And apparently that was a callback, but like a really deep cut, right? From Yeah, like, it's a pretty deep cut, but also like you didn't have to know about it to like get what was going on there. Exactly. And I remember that there wasn't, if I remember correctly, there wasn't really anything of like, this is a major piece of Doctor Who history until like that Dalek episode, which was halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. And then the, so they started off the whole season of just like, this is just new mythology. This is Doctor Who, the same spirit of Doctor Who, but we're writing new stories. We're using new characters. And then just like you were saying, when they threw that Dalek in there, it was like, holy crap. Holy crap. Like I just watching it with you. I could, and even just watching the show, I could tell how important that was, even though I had never seen or heard of a Dalek before. So I think you're absolutely right. I think them just trying to carve their own path and write new mythology without clinging too tightly onto what's been done uh, is a really smart move, especially considering how much they've been doing that more and more over the years, you know, calling back to. It's, you know, the Daleks are there again, the Daleks are there again, and it's, uh, you, the more you use those characters, the uh, the less impact they have. Um, so when they do eventually pump some Daleks into this thing, or some Cybermen, or uh, even Ice Warriors, or whatever, when those those characters do show up, it's going to mean more. Uh, so I think it's a really smart smart way to play it. I also think that it's a little, uh, slightly cheap of a way for the show to, to get around... Um, dealing with her being with a being a woman, as far as not having Missy there or River there, they don't have to answer those questions. <laughs> like the Doctor and Missy, that was a pl- pretty flirty situation. Same thing for Doctor and River, and now they don't. They're not going to have to deal with that, and uh, at least not right away. And I guess that's fair because they have enough of a uphill battle with you know a certain percentage of the fandom being against it being a woman at all. So. You know, but even again, even taking that away, I'm glad we're not seeing River or uh, I mean, they've they've put they've put a bow on the river situation a couple of times now where I would have been happy like, OK, and now we're not going to see her anymore. And I'm all right with that because the story's been told and they, they trudge her out again for for something else. And it's always good, but I'm always weary when it happens because um, I like that character and I don't want to see her used poorly just for the sake of having her there. Um, I wish with all of my heart that Captain Jack would show up. (laughs) Oh my God in heaven. Oh my God. Please, John Barrowman, please hear our prayer. Make that happen. I want to, I want him to not know it's the doctor and just start flirting with the doctor and just, I want to see where that goes because it would be hilarious. And I mean, not for nothing, but that name is not mentioned in here in this list of all these like classic elements that are not going to be in it um i mean i don't think they'll do it but it would be awesome though even would i would be fantastic <laughs> oh Sign everybody always wants up. more captain jack i agree with you i don't i the way they ended the the river song story i think bringing her back would have to be like something really special or just not worth doing 
but I am doing a rewatch of the Capaldi era to prepare for uh, the new season, and I am so in love with Michelle Gomez as Missy. I want her on everything all the time, forever. <laughs> She's so freaking wonderful. <laughs> Out of curiosity, uh, Chris, how did you say Chibnall? his last name? Say one more time. Chibnall. Chibnall. Has he done anything else with who before? Oh yes, okay. he's uh, been, uh, I think, a writer and um, and more okay. on previous episodes. Okay, so uh, it's all right. I just didn't. I, my worry was that you know someone new coming in, and well, I'll hit, touch on this a little bit more in another article as a showrunner, like wanting to put his stamp on it mm-hmm. and seeing so much being negated. Mm -hmm. as the way this is like you know especially with a a series that has been around for as long as this series has you gotta be careful with that because there are a lot of people out there that will be easily pissed off yeah so i think the show knows better than to bring in a complete uh stranger who's gonna take it in a weird direction gotcha all right good good um, Karen, you posted up this next one from Broadway.com, and I'm assuming you just wanted to talk about the Just the first, first one, one, yeah. Okay. Um, Bob's Burger Season 9 premieres with a musical episode featuring Broadway favorites. Now, I don't know who these who this is. Uh, Debbie Diggs uh, played Lafayette, and um, what the hell else was his name? Oh, Jefferson in uh, in Hamilton in the original Broadway cast. Okay. Um, and these other guys from Book of Mormon, Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad. Okay. Who you might know who Josh Gad is. He was the voice of Olaf in Frozen, mm-hmm. and he was the um, oh the LeFou in the recent live action Beauty and the Beast. Okay. I'm not saying you would know who he yeah. is, Evan. No, but I do. I do. Might. He uh he, he's a. He shows up every once in a while in like comedies and whatnot. Uh, he's a funny guy. So I know who you're yes, talking about. Yes, yes. Um, so, so those people will be lending their voices or singing skills to a musical episode of the 150th episode of Bob's Burgers. Yes, which the article says centers around Tina searching for her soulmate at um, auditions for a new boy band, which... <laughs> I mean, I like Bob's Burgers, but we, you know, kind of fell off of watching it. But man, do I want to see that. <laughs> I did really like that show. Um, I mean, I like pretty much everything by those people. I was a big fan of home movies and uh, Dr. Katz. That was, yes. geez, I couldn't remember the name. Um, and I really did enjoy Bob's Burgers when we were watching it. And I guess we just, yeah, we did just kind of fall off of uh, watching it for whatever reason. <laughs> I remember the Archer episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was pretty fantastic. <laughs> oh, good time. So, check that out. Um, look forward on Fox September 30th at 8.30. Um, next up from The Hollywood Reporter. I think this is a fantastic idea. Um, BBC launching weekly news show on Facebook Watch in the U.S. Now, it's fantastic news. And then worrisome news because it's another thing. What is, I, I'm not familiar with the, do either of you know what Facebook watch is? I don't really, Son but like, <laughs> I presume that it's just like Facebook's way of like, here's things to watch, which 
is exactly what it says in the tin. Um, like they're trying to source their own content that you will watch directly through Facebook instead of you know leaving Facebook to go to YouTube or whatever you do. Right. I I just didn't want I I didn't know if it was like um, a YouTube Red, right? That was their. You know what? Yeah. It might be since they started shoving, just forcefully cramming ads into the middle of every Facebook video now. Yeah. Maybe they're going to be like, hey, you do you want to not watch ads? Ch- check this out. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay us because, it's, you know, we need money. Mm. We're, we're Facebook. We're, we're hurting. Yeah. Facebook hurting. Um, so apparently the way this is going to work, it's going to be BBC News on Facebook, but it's a non-biased, I guess, source of, of news information on social media because a lot of people get their news, whether it be real or not, from social media. <laughs> and it's good that there's going to be a source that is credible. How's that? Um, it's going to be presented by, from BBC News, Washington, D.C. Bureau. So fa- I, I don't I don't see a downside. I, f- I feel like this is a good thing and hopefully... It will be, you know, fair, balanced, and just give the news. I don't foresee it not being because it is the BBC, and what do they care? <laughs> you know, just give us the facts. So, and it's going to hopefully be easily available because everybody has Facebook. I just clicked through to uh, the article they linked at the bottom of that, mm-hmm. which is like more about what facebook watch is Mm -hmm. and it's not like clear at all nobody's (laughs) really saying what the fuck it is still still whether you're gonna have to pay for it how they're paying for it what they're doing like it doesn't really say anything it's just a bunch of fucking nonsense words like you know global funding we're uh, we're evolving our funding content strategy what the fuck does that mean i mean i know what it means what the fuck does that mean yeah, Facebook so. is, is it's an interesting bird now. Like I, I was trying to explain it to someone in algorithms and why you can't see this but you can see that. Like I remember when Facebook used to be simple. You said, Oh, that's my friend, I want to see what they're talking about and you got to see your friend and what they were talking about. It's not that way anymore. So eh, we'll see what happens. Next up from the Hollywood Reporter. Um <laughs> I read this whole thing. Okay. Isn't it amazing? Designing Women creator goes public with Les Moonves' war. Not all harassment is sexual. Now, this is quite a long article, but it's worth the read. And I could... The, the, the best summation is the very end. Yes, which we should leave people to actually read themselves if they haven't already. Uh, you you got to make it all the way down to the bottom. Well, just shy of the bottom. There's one little paragraph in, in italicis. Don't re- you don't have to read that one. It's the one right above that. And it's, it's unbelievable that this, this industry that, like, it, there are so many scumbags. And some are worse than others. And they all have power and influence and it's just getting tiresome the long and short of this is that the woman who created designing women whose name is linda 
Bloodworth Thomason. Um, she was like a major hit maker for CBS and she did something to piss off Les Moonves and he just shot down her shows for years and years and years just because he didn't like her but she was still under contract and it you know she still had to stick around and just get shit on well and so, and from my understanding of this article it's she didn't do anything in particular right it's not like she he just cursed didn't out. like her it, it was and the way i interpreted it was she was a powerful woman yeah who was putting on powerful woman shows because can't have women. that and no appara- sir apparently les was not having that so so anybody out there who thinks that like feminism is a crock and like we don't really need it like we do really need it because this is what happens without it unchecked douchebaggery check it out i mean it's a really really well written well done article um it is a it's like an essay and Mm -hmm. she gets all of it out there so do yourself a favor and check that out um Next up, Karen, I had not heard of this or heard that this was coming up. The next is a is a a trailer and it's it's a Twitter it's a Twitter account. Let's see, it's Hilda the series is the the Twitter handle. Um this trailer looks fantastic. Doesn't it? I I was moved and it is it is a simple cartoon about Hilda. Hilda she she moves from the the forest and and the the you know I can't remember what she calls it but like she's out in the in the wilderness and she has to move to the big city and it looks fantastic yeah I mean I have absolutely no connection to this I just some it just fell into my feed as just like here's a new thing from Netflix that looks pretty good and I was like all right I have a TP podcast I'll I'll check it out so I did and it was just looked super cute and super sweet and really quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it maybe comes from not the U.S. Like I, it's, some... it's based on a graphic novel called Hilda. Yeah. Um, I don't know of that graphic novel, but I feel like I missed out because this is this looks fantastic for for young and old because the story seems great. The artwork looks fantastic. Just seems yeah. It's 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 pretty. Yeah. I did just I'm watching it now with the subtitles on and. Uh, she referred to her mom as mum, so she does I'm have a, British. A, a, yeah, she has accent. an accent. Um, but it's I like I feel like I've like there are certain scenes that are like I, I don't know moving and epic, but it's still very sweet and small. Like it's just this little girl's universe, but it's yeah, very it British. Like- it feels like uh, it's it's in this big kind of fantastical world where there are dragons or whatever, but the the problems of the characters are just normal things that normal kids go through. So yeah, check out that trailer. It's, it's super relatable. Super sweet, and uh, the show is coming to Netflix September twenty first. That's in a couple of days. That's the day after this drops. There you go. Um, next up from Gizmodo. <laughs> I forgot that this show, this this game actually existed. Okay. Supernatural video game Alan Wake is becoming a TV show. Chris, you're the video game head in here. What, 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 how do we feel? I this was an Xbox 360. Uh, this was an Xbox exclusive. Uh, it's some sort of 
thriller got nothing, huh? type game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've actually I got a... this game. <laughs> What's that? I've actually played this game. Have you? Played I know. It? I, oh. I, yeah, you've played this game. I haven't. I I got a free copy. I think you did too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I didn't play mine. <laughs> well, Alan Wake. It's a journalist who loses. His, or he shouldn't say loses. I think his wife dies, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And I like the way they 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 or not a journalist. He's a novelist. He's a writer. And uh, it's the character Alan, a novelist who finds himself caught up in a super in the supernatural ongo- going on goings on in a Twin Peaksian Washington town. So yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, um, I was told to mention that Vest and Friends did a playthrough of this game. Oh, very nice. Um, I don't I don't know anything about this game or really anything except I found it interesting that Matt Much said that after you, I guess in the beginning of the game, your character wakes up with like kind of no idea what's going on, and Matt said immediately after he woke up, he lost his gun, which made the game impossible to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have a flashlight, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that was your your weapon of choice. Um, What's interesting, this game is not new. Like, near... No, yeah, where did they come up with this one? Eight years after it first launched. Wow. Like, there's a... I don't know. It just seems interesting that that it's now. So, I'll check it out. Um... It is a show, right? It's like, a, where where is it going? Do we know? Just as go, becoming a TV show. Do, do, do. It wow. looks like it doesn't have a home yet. doesn't seem that way. No, I'm going to keep an eye out for it because I am interested to see what they do with it. So if I get any more information, I'll let you know. Hoi. Okay. Also from Gizmodo. The trailer for the first trailer for the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Y'all, what the hell is this thing? Holy shiza. This is this is dark and creepy and scary. Like I needed to turn on the lights as I was watching this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I get it, Where I the guess. Hell did it's, this come from? <laughs> I it, I mean, it's like, you know, it's about witches. There's it's just definitely those interpretations of witches that, like, yes, this is, like, dark and Satanist and all kinds of badness. All I know is we are a long way from talking cats. This is very true. Um, the new series stars Madman's Kirian Shipka and Sabrina Spellman, a teenage girl whose 16th birthday is more scary than sweet. She has to decide whether to sign the devil's book and become a bride of Satan. What? What? I don't remember any of this in the last show. Well, I mean, it's from the producers of Riverdale, Evan, so... This is true. (laughs) They had to turn the dark up to, like, 95. Wow. Well, it's definitely interesting. Like, I, I am intrigued... There was like a dude with a goat head and disappearing ah, people singing. Wait, oh, scary, scary, scary stuff. Looks good, actually. I'm kind of surprised to say that, but it does look good. Um, moving on, HollywoodReporter.com. Veter- okay, this was the, 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 the article I wanted to 
talk a little bit deeper about. Um, veteran showrunners cash in as skittish networks seek insurance for untested creators. Now, as I read this, I I grew a little more respect for the showrunner, for the, the person that is the showrunner. Um, for, 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 for upcoming content that is not guaranteed by a name, it is in their best interest to have a solid showrunner because that is the, the one person that has to keep everything in line and make sure it's, you know, within budget and the story flows and the singular vision and so on and so forth. And normally a show is picked up, worked out, and then when it's going into production, they get a showrunner. And then that person just fills a position. It seems like now they're going, okay, let's get the showrunner first. Let's get that person on board. Let's get this, that locked down and then go for content. And that seems to me like a better way to do it because then you you have a higher likelihood of getter, getting better content. It's almost as if having all these platforms and all this like, you know, golden age of, age of television and peak TV and so much content you can not even possibly watch it all even if you added another 24 hours into every day mm-hmm. that somehow we wound up with a lot of crap <gasps> on TV made by people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. So now, seeing as it costs more to do that shit, <laughs> they're maybe hedging their bets and saying, we, let's, let's try to do this better. It's almost as if every idiot within a, with a YouTube channel maybe doesn't deserve their own show. <laughs> I concur with that statement. Remember it, when they made a sitcom out of the Twitter account, Shit My Dad Says? Yes. <laughs> I think that was the low point right there. And now here we are. Oh, golden age of television, people. That's right. Uh, check out this article. It's actually pretty interesting. You get you get a little, little more background on what it's like to... To be in the TV biz. So, next up, Marvel.com. I didn't know this was coming. Um, <laughs> article starts with, Meet the next generation of Marvel superheroes in the official Marvel Rising Secret Warriors trailer. And I watched the trailer, and it made me smile. And I think it was just because of Squirrel Girl. Yay, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I like that she's she's voiced by the... I can't remember that girl's name. She was on Other Space. She was on the AT&T commercials for a while. Uh, she's like the most perfect casting for a Squirrel Girl. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good trailer. Um, Disney XD. Content-wise, it's a good trailer. I wish it didn't look so freaking cheap. Yeah, it does, it does look on the lower end. Not bad. It just... The art direction isn't bad, but the animation, like the, this is, and it's the same thing with the uh, the DC uh, superhero girls show that they got mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Like they they are putting the absolute bare minimum amount of money into the animation budget on both of these shows, and it's it's rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I, 
maybe it's maybe it's just because of you know where they are and how much money they want to budget towards these things or maybe they they don't really feel all that confident that superhero girl shows are going to stick around because i gotta tell you this looks cheap and um the, the, the writing doesn't set you know, the, yeah the writing doesn't seem cheap the voice acting certainly doesn't seem cheap but god i'm looking at some of these still shots just like draw a couple of lines add some definition to something have more maybe more than three frames of animation when a character walks i don't know <laughs> yeah it's i don't know it's it's i'm interested to see what happens or, or how it plays out because it the content like you said the story wise or the writing seems solid and this is a good team like this is. is a this is a cool team it's a an interesting it's an interesting and diverse cast of characters um and like the biggest name that they seem to be relying on of like classic marvel heroes is captain marvel mm-hmm. which is not exactly a big name yet i yes. mean probably will be when the movie comes out and it's awesome cuz it's probably going to be but I like that they're you know, setting up this show, like focusing on. It. There's a lot of uh, love for Squirrel Girl in the world right now, and uh, the Ms. Marvel series did extremely well for itself. Uh, that was a great new character, and it's just cool that they're doing that. I mean, they also bring in uh, what Chloe Bennett is yeah. reprising her voice as Daisy. Uh, that's kind of cool. Johnson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot to love about this. Mil- Milana Vain. Vain Trub. Vain? Vain Trub. Vain Trub, yes. That, that's it. That's the girl. <laughs> so so you, I don't know. I, the only though. thing that ticked me off was just how incredibly cheap it looks. And I'm like, Disney, you can do better than this. Throw, throw, yeah, like Disney doesn't have any money. Yeah, give, these, <laughs> give, give this a little bit more of a budget. Make this look as good as you know the Avengers cartoons and stuff. We'll see what happens. Because, you know, if it, if it hits, maybe they'll throw some more money at it. I certainly hope so. And hope this so. really just, it's one of those other things that seems like a risk to some people. And uh, I'm sure it's going to get some kind of flack from the, uh, the, uh, the, the comic book crowd, the same people that hate The Last Jedi because it features female characters. <laughs> it's like... It's, well, good. You don't have to watch it then, do you? Nope. Exactly. the The argument that I that I see that makes me, I think, the angriest is that it's like that you're they're angry at Disney and Marvel and uh, Lucasfilm or whatever it is sect of Disney is in charge of running uh, Star Wars. They're mad at these people for trying to appeal to a broader audience. Like, this isn't your fan base. Why Why are you doing this? Like. We are your fan base. You should be making stories for us. And the the concept of the the just the entire idea of like, why not try to sell to more people? Yeah, bitch. Other people have money too. There's a lot of money on this planet, and you don't have all of it. See, but here's That's... the thing: even if they did just make stories for them, them won't be happy. Oh, of course them not. Them will never be happy. Them will, they will, never, them be will happy. never be happy. And not only that, them has like, I don't know, 70 some odd years of stories just for them. Mm-hmm. You know? There is no shortage of stories about white guys. Yes. I'm just, just saying. And uh, I think this is awesome. I, I hope years, the show the is good. 40 plus. 
granted, I'm probably not going to watch it because I was just looking at my list of things to watch and I just don't have time for this. Uh, Voltron's going to be back at some point. <laughs> I think you're going to need something to watch with Ellie when Voltron's over. Well, that's that's a problem I'm running into right now because Voltron is over right now until the next season comes out. And every morning that I'm up with her, she we go downstairs and I want to give her a bottle. And she says, "I want to watch Voltron." I'm like, "I'm sorry, we're all out of Voltron." And I thought Ducktales was a shoe in. I was like, yeah. "Let's watch Ducktales because I'm dying to watch that." She's not having any of it. She was like, "Then let's let, let's watch Star Wars." So I'm like, "Okay, all right, I'll throw Star Wars Rebels on," and that entertains her decently, but not as much as Voltron did. I don't know. Maybe I'll give this a try. See if she takes this too. Maybe she'll like Squirrel Girl's bushy tail. <laughs> you have to let us know how she'll it probably works. go. So cute. <laughs> so cute. All right. Next up, TVLine.com. I. Okay. So apparently, I haven't watched an episode of Modern Family in a very long time. But apparently, they're killing off a significant character in season ten. Does anyone think it's not Ed O'Neill? Well, apparently, this article writer does not uh, i'm gonna say i don't think it is just be- the only reason i say it's too it, obvious it's too obvious yeah um apparently fred willard is on the show now yeah he's always been on he's uh phil's dad ha- what yeah really okay mm-hmm. i guess he I just has really been a, a regular with he, phil's dad yeah he wasn't really a series regular so much he'd just show up from time to time so what is that no let me see how they worded it significant character Hmm. I'm gonna go with the younger daughter. Hmm. That's my that's my guess. I'll kill off Ariel Winter. <laughs> I know there. Uh, I know one critic out there who is like praying that it's Julie Bowen's character just because she hates Julie Bowen so much. <laughs> so. Is Julie Bowen hateable? I always thought that she seemed nice. Um, she comes off as kind of smug. I think is this girl's argument. <laughs> I hope it's uh, what's the Lily? The, yeah, the, the, Asian the adopted girl. kid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I really don't think they'll do that, but I see your point. <laughs> I mean, that, was, that, that wasn't the reason I stopped watching Modern Family, but it was certainly a, an incentive to stop watching the show. That girl was awful. Mm. Well, what's your guess, people? Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitters. <laughs> and more importantly, is anyone actually still watching Modern Family? That's true. It's the jump the shark moment. You know, got it. Got to rev up. Maybe those it's numbers. the end of the show moment. You know, maybe it's the we've had a good run. Let's let's call it. Let's call it here. <laughs> it's not going to be that. No, no not gonna that's that. not happening, sir. I'm going to drive that ship ship into the ground. And I used to really like this show. Yeah, I was really fond of this show, and I think it just uh just overstayed its welcome. <laughs> As it As most nit- network sitcoms tend to do. Indeed. All right. Except Parks and Rec. I could have watched that show forever. <laughs> Why did that show keep getting better? <laughs> Mike Sure. Unbelievable. All right. Finally, Chris, you posted up this one. <laughs> um, it is a YouTube video. Uh, I don't know where it came from. Uh, I found it on Reddit. Let me see if I can find the post because that's I was just looking through Reddit to see if I could find any uh, news stories that were uh, worth our while. And I saw the, the post about this one, just the headline, and thought, well, I mean, that's interesting. I would like to see something. Like, it's in a foreign language with English subtitles. Yeah. 
But yeah, this is this is what I saw. I just saw the, a headline: America's Got Talent has been falsely presenting a well-known Billboard-charting professional Dutch singer as a simple contestant desperate to break through. Yeah, and that's what this video is, and it's so well done. Like, yeah, outside of the the news anchor, which I'm sure is funny if I understood what he was saying. Yeah, it seems like some sort of news comedy show or like a play on the soup or something like that. But then it's a documentary style introduction of this person. I don't watch America's Got Talent. Um, Glennis Grace's heartbreaking story. Oh, so worth a watch. And apparently, I don't think America's Got Talent talent is being fooled in any way shape or form oh goodness no they have to know they they have google (laughs) (laughs) so yeah what do you think what do you think that this will do to america's got talent nothing not a nothing at all all right that's what i thought i was kind of hoping i don't think anybody cares i don't i don't i don't think anybody cares i don't think anybody who Really, I don't think the majority of the people who watch this show are ever going to find out. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, Let's see what happens when I do Glenn Grace, Glennis Grace, and just do a simple Google search. And well, while is- you're doing that simple simple Google search, uh, since it, while I was looking for that a story that was posted three hours ago from People.com, Roseanne Barr says her namesake character dies of an opioid overdose on the Connors. Nice. Yay. Okay. <laughs> well, starting it, off that half hour comedy sitcom uh, on a nice high note. So, uh, an opioid overdose. Oh, and Henry Winkler won an Emmy. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I was just scrolling through Twitter. Uh, so did Peter Dinklage. Ooh, good for him. So I just did a simple, just typed in her name and there is... The like you know, the way Google lays things out, you know, big big letters. Glennis Grace, Dutch singer, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> These are her albums. What I don't get about that is like how 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 did it how did that show do that and think no one was gonna find out? <laughs> on Friday, October fifth, she's gonna be performing in Amsterdam. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody. Uh, Nobody at that show. Nobody at America's Got Talent is like, hey, uh, anybody want to hop on the Googles and and, and check this girl out? No. Can we scrub Google to get rid of all of all references to her for just a season? See, now this strikes me more as like, we've got a pretty shitty turnout. Let's let's hire a ringer and tell her story. Like, I feel like the people who make America's Got Talent found like tracked this woman down and said play this character on our reality show that's what and be an amazing singer and inspire the country that you're not a a single mom resident of that was i think their thing i don't i think it's bullshit there are plenty of people out there that big steaming pile of garbage yes yeah there's plenty of people out there that deserve a shot and she already had her shot she succeeded at her shot she's good yeah, watch the video. We're we're posting a uh, a link in the show notes. Watch the video. It's good comedy. It's very well done. All right, that's it. That's all we got, people. Um, Chris. Hello. It's time for your spiel. 
It sure is. I just have to say that, so, so on SAG, when we used to do a spiel at the end, we used to yell at Dean, do the thing. Dude. I just I just beat a game that I've been loving the heck out of, mm-hmm. and it ended with like this cool move that had to be done by a bunch of people, and the way they made it happen was by yelling, do the thing. And I was just like, oh my god, Dean needs to play this game. <laughs> anyway, you can get in touch with us at com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we uh, post uh, lots of fresh original content. Daggummit. And we, we try our very hardest to make it nice. And speaking of fresh original content, I, I know we had a commercial in the middle of the show, but in case you skipped it or whatever, Pain in the Assathon. It's a charity event that we're working very hard on. We really want to raise money for the Colorex Cancer Alliance. Um, please uh, j- check us out this uh, Saturday and Sunday, September 22nd through 23rd at twitch.tv slash geekade. Back to you, Evan. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. Actually, I'm going to throw it back to you because it is your turn. It is my turn, and we are going to watch Iron Fist, Season 2, Episode 1, The Fury of Iron Fist. Why are you doing this to me? Because you're going to watch it anyway. It may as, you, it, you may as well be able to blame me. Uh, okay. But now I have to... Well, i got to watch all the Luke Cage, don't I? Do you? Yeah. I mean, you do. Not for, it was, like, story continuity. It was good, but I doubt that there's much story continuity here. Okay. This seems to just be really following up on Defenders the same way Luke Cage followed up on Defenders. That's so yeah, true. okay. I, I just think... thought maybe because he shows up in. Oh no! The, the way he shows up is very much like to further Luke's street. story. It's like it, it. He shows up to further what's happening to Luke. Not it really has very little to do with him. Okay. All right. I will check it out. Do my duty. Uh, Iron Fist season two episode. One, what did you say it was titled? The Fury of Iron Fist. The Fury of Iron Fist. All right, people, that's all we have. Another week. We're done. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll be back next week. <laughs> Please check us out next week from all of us here at this week's episode. I'm Evan. I'm Karen, and I want to give a shout out to Chrissy, my friend who was on Jeopardy tonight. I won't tell you how it turned out, but she did win some money. Screw you, Jabrek. And I'm the immortal Iron Fist. (laughs) Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.